Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that recommends burning sage after every listen. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. It worked. The sage worked. <laughs> it worked. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this week, we are going to be talking about, among many things, the upcoming All-Star break. Some All-Star snubs and uh, stars. <laughs> <laughs> if I mess that up, but we're going to keep going. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Cardinals' midseason skid and whether they're breaking out of it. And we're going to be talking about the upcoming trade deadline and some news and notes from around the league. If you have an idea for the opening joke, tweet at Talk About Birds. Um, ben, we haven't done this with just you and I for a couple weeks now, and I gotta no. say the energy is terrible. <laughs> I'll tell. You, I feel a little <laughs> silly today. Um, I don't know why. Uh, this better. This cannot be a silly episode. It's okay. gonna be a bad up. So sorry. <laughs> get off now. Just get off the. Get off the train. Yeah. Hit smash that uh, subscribe button and then you can hang out <laughs> and, then, and then disappear forever. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, uh, we we are super appreciative of the of the two guests that joined us over the last two episodes, uh, Daniel Shopdahl and Kyle Reese. And uh, that's something I think we're going to try to do a little bit more often as we progress through the season. I can uh, only talk to you so much. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous at this point. We're, we're, I think this is our 20th episode of the season and I'm done 20. with you. Yeah. I, yeah, I would say that it's been 20 too many episodes, um, <laughs> except for the ones with Daniel and Kyle. Those were pretty good. Yeah. So yeah. all of the other ones have been trash, but, yeah, um, agreed. <laughs> it has been a lot of talking and, um, yeah. So I guess, We've already started this one, so we might as well finish this one up before we uh, <laughs> reevaluate our our futures. But uh, yeah, we want to have other I, other voices, other perspectives on the show. People who actually know what they're talking about, like Kyle and Daniel, um, you know, adds a degree of um, intelligence to the show yeah. that I think is is severely lacking. Yeah. Clean, cleanliness. Um, Although Kyle making a cocktail in the middle of uh, the episode is a degree of professionalism that I hope someday to ascend to i i i had i was thinking like don draper that, that that's yeah. where i was coming from you know you're making a cocktail while you're making a point and you kind of stir <laughs> it once your your point has been made and then i don't know go be mean to a secretary or whatever don draper does i think that's what it is did you ever watch mad men i did actually i watched okay. a lot of mad men um i i'm i'm a fan nice i had a a, a my art history professor in college was like if you're not watching mad men then you're not appreciating narrative art <laughs> okay <laughs> it's like okay all right um glad you know this is a college education for you so yeah, I'm, I'm paying for this <laughs> it's a good wreck though you know i went and watched uh i watched the first season i enjoyed it i just i have a hard time keeping up with most shows but um it was it's good Sure. Yeah, it's good. 
<laughs> yeah, like I, I, I have no, not, yeah, like Breaking Bad, also a good show, also a good show. Uh, Sopranos, I think, pretty good. Um, end of list. Yeah, that's pretty much where it starts and stops. Those are the good shows. <laughs> Those are the good ones. Well, this is the kind of content our people come to us for. It's two episodes in a row now, too, where we've talked about TV shows. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Let's talk, I started yeah. watching The Bear. We don't need to talk oh. about it, but based on Kyle's uh, hard sell, I, I, I started watching The Bear, and it, it good. I like it. Yeah. Nice. You're like, I like Bear. I watch Bear show. Well, really, the show's about beef, and there's a whole bunch of really just sexy food shots, and I mean, that's <laughs> all I need to get me going. Yeah. It was, it's great. Some nice beef content. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. For well, speaking noises. of <laughs> nice beef content, let's talk yeah. about the uh, the Cardinals. <laughs> we had a we had a beefy showing last night. Uh, the Cardinals taking uh, game one from the Dodgers. Um, we've talked a lot about. We've said multiple times, you know, who's the toughest team the Cardinals have played this season, and I think like current form Dodgers are are that right. Yeah. They are uh, on quite a streak. Hard not to say they. Hard to say they uh, haven't been the best team in baseball for like five years straight now. Um, you know, kind of got lucky on the starting pitching matchup last night as far as who you could possibly face when you play against. The Dodgers, um, but it was quite the game and uh, quite the win. And I think really the the we've got it up top here because uh, everyone was talking about it last night and uh, maybe one of the biggest innings and biggest performances we've seen of the year was our uh, personal friend and favorite uh, Packy Naughton coming in bases loaded, nobody out. One run game. I mean, can you get more high leverage than that moment? No, and I think Cardinals fans are probably. All, I was definitely surprised that he was even the call out of the bullpen. Ali uh, Marmol did say after the game that uh, Henesis Cabrera was unavailable, so they were kind of not necessarily forced into that position. But he, you know, is I think it was one of those situations where it's like, all right, prove yourself, kid. Um, and he talked about this in the post game, uh, Packy did talking about just coming in, being aggressive, throwing strikes. There's obviously no room for mistakes when the bases are loaded in a game like that. Um, and I think we're seeing, I don't, I don't it's, it's hard to put into words. I don't know exactly how to qualify what we're seeing out of Packy, but him hitting mid nineties is not something I expect, uh, to see you, you really, I think you kind of highlight the curve or the slider or curveball or slurve or whatever that pitch that he throws is. That's kind of the highlight pitch. But for him to come in and get people out with the fastball the way that he did, I thought was really exciting. And, you know, that's probably in combination with the fact that people are aware and, and, and maybe afraid of the the breaking ball, whatever that breaking ball is. Maybe, you know, they have that in their head. Um but I think back that I think that Matt, Max Muncy at bat last night was telling. That is all you need to know. He threw two of those breaking balls to start it off, and then kind of went after him um, after Max laid off those pitches and and got it done. Um, and Max Muncy's been having a really down year. But I think I don't know if I would necessarily argue this very strongly at this point in the season, but I think early in the season, you could make the argument that the Dodgers were set up to have one of the best offenses of all time um, from a run scoring on base percentage, WRC plus whatever. 
Uh, now they've had some players underperform. Justin Turner's kind of come on lately. Um, Cody Bellinger has, I, I thought maybe he would bounce back. That's not happening. But uh, yeah, I mean, all all the power to Packy. Like not, yeah. not what I expected, not how I expected him to be deployed. He stepped up and uh, his name is fun to say. Yeah. I mean, you're hoping there for the the double play to tie the game and then maybe, um, you know, you get out of it from there. You're you, at least yeah. I'm an optimistic watcher. I'm always thinking, how can you get out of this? And even for me in this moment, I was like, all right, just give up, give up the one and let's get out of this inning with a tie game and, uh, you know, go from there. And uh, yeah, it was incredible. You know, not to mention we're talking about high leverage. You've got Nelly in the stands. You've got uh, <laughs> Dodgers legend Albert Pujols has put on a, a big game. You know, there was a lot of outside factors going on here to add to the stress. And I think not only that, um, but for the Cardinals to <laughs> Nate's laughing at me because I just had to toss <laughs> my cat over my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of a, I kind of turn it to Ben, you know, and and he just dumped his cat over his left shoulder before leaning well, back into the microphone. I, before I make my point that I've now mostly forgotten, uh, the issue with my cat, and she's, I love her to death. She's as sweet as they come, and she's brilliant. She's very smart. She likes to sniff candles so closely that she'll burn her whiskers. So I had to, I have a candle burning in front of me, and she was going for it. So I'm trying to talk while also saving her whiskers being is, a cat dad isn't easy is that the that's a real sign of intelligence <laughs> she just likes the way they smell yeah. um what the hell was i oh yeah so sorry moans um the, the for the cardinals to put together the pitching performance that they did using everybody i i, I thought it was interesting that they actually used an opener uh jordan hicks who was moderately successful and then pass it off to Libertor. I think it is on one well, hand. Oviedo ex- in between there though. Oh, sorry. Which was, yeah. Which was surprising. Yeah, that was surprising. Um, I do, I understand, you know, we're just talking about how unbelievably good the Dodgers offense is. And I understand wanting to protect Libby from that. I understand that the team hasn't been great. So you're probably desperate for a win, but I will say it's a little disappointing to see them treat Libby like that. They don't think that he can really handle the top third or top two thirds of the Dodgers lineup more than once, which um, is like I said, it's, it's understandable, but it's not ideal. I do wonder how much the current, like how the Cardinals had been playing prior to that weighed in on that. I would have to imagine some or, or maybe even a lot. Um, but yeah, all, all good. And, and when you have guys back to bring it back to Packy, when you have guys like Packy being able to step up in situations like that, uh, of course, you wake up the next morning and it all looks like, you know, it all went to plan and you look like a genius. But uh, yeah, interesting. Um, all that being said, we can sit here and praise. They still gave up some runs uh, <laughs> to, to a potent offense, but they won the game and that's all that matters. Yeah, I mean, it. You know, this game, the, the narrative was really li- uh, reliant on that inning. Yes. You know, because Cardinals come out guns blazing. Um, take an early big lead and then just start giving it away and giving it away. And that inning felt like it was going to be the culmination of yet another bad game from the Cardinals over the last uh, few weeks, or maybe, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, maybe it's the start of a turning point for the, for the, um, for the team. Now, 
try not to build too many, you know, these narratives. It's really easy, especially when you talk about baseball all the time to create these sorts of narratives yeah. out of like, you know, uh, individual moments, but, um, still felt like there was a lot, um, you know, a lot, a lot on this game. Once it started to look like the Cardinals, maybe we're going to lose it. Yeah, I, I think honestly, we, we could do a whole podcast about just the game last night. It was one of those games that, you you know, you circle or put a star next to. That's a, a huge win against a, a very talented team. And you had production from almost what, probably like 24 dudes on the roster having having something yeah. to do with that win last night. Um, we'll take it. Hopefully they win tonight yeah. and maybe roll and- into this all star break smoothly. <laughs> yeah, and after a win, two wins, um, splitting the series with the Phillies, you know, maybe some positive. Yeah, I was uh, after after the weekend, I was all getting ready for this episode and how doom and gloom it was going to be. But hey, we've got some positive things to talk about. But um, before we we get back into uh, into that, um, you know, probably the the more fun thing is the All Star break is coming up. The stars and, and the snubs or whatever, whatever I said at the beginning, all stars good. and all scrubs. Yeah. Uh, so we have some fun stuff. Um, Paul Goldschmidt, rightfully so. Uh, starting first baseman. Hell yeah. I, I get, you know, the Alonzo love um, and, and, you know, uh, I get it. Freeman, I get it. But it's obviously should be Goldschmidt. Fans got it right. Uh, you know, he's, I think, front runner for MVP. We've spent a lot of time talking about Paul Goldschmidt yeah. on this episode. So we, I don't think we need to go in too much further on him. Uh, but uh, Arenado, rightfully so. This one I get. Like, I, I, I went in and voted. I don't know. I, you know, if you did, I assume, but like Machado to Arenado, like, I obviously prefer Arenado, but Machado's great too. And it's, yeah. a, it's a fine pick. Yeah, my so I I don't know if we've really ever talked about this. Uh, I only vote once for the All Star game. I will vote. I'll do it one time. I know you can vote like ten times, and then I know people will like use different emails and do all this stuff. But I I just like voting once just for the exercise of it, um, like the participation of it or whatever. But I I don't I don't really hold a bunch of weight on this, um, especially since the game yeah. has lost its like meaning. But and by meaning I mean like uh that stupid world series, uh, home field advantage, which I think it's is a, a, it's good, a thing. good thing. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a good thing. It's lost that, uh, that meaning. And, and I'd say I always skew. I I'd rather see the stars than the, uh, Ty Francis or whoever's had a hot three months. Like I can't really be bothered with that as much. I kind of think of this, especially, uh, having gone to my first one last year, which I was lucky enough to go to the home run derby and all-star game last year, which was incredible. You really just want to see the stars. You want to see their personalities. You want to see them kind of have fun with it. I, 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 or I'll just leave it there. That's kind of my philosophy. So I agree. Uh, Obviously I think Nolan should win over Manny because Nolan's better than Manny because he is. Um, but I get it. He's, he's a star also. So at least it's not somebody, like I said, who just right. caught on, you know, also could have been Austin Riley. There's some good third basemen in the national league right now. So, yeah. see, I, I set up a full on DDoS attack where I'm trying to bring down the server voting for, uh, Arenado 800 times a day. I, well, I think a, that's what the, the giants fans do every year. <laughs> yeah, so we, we need to combat that. No, actually I am. Um, I'm, uh, similar to you, Ben. I, I I will sometimes do more than one, but I am not a maximalist on this. I I will vote 
um, once or twice, you know, when the, like when the Arenado thing, it was like so close. I went in and I did another vote or two, but I, I, I mostly just find that the act of voting to be kind of a, an ob- obnoxious process. And like you said, yeah. I don't care that much. It's fun when the, to have Cardinals on there. Um, and we're going to talk about the rest of them, but, um, yeah, I don't put too much weight into like the, the competition element of it. Yeah. And I, I think to transition to the, to the next person we want to talk about, I think like Paul Goldschmidt getting the all-star nod is, is good. Uh, Cardinals fans get to watch their favorite player or one of their favorite players in the all-star game, which is of course fun. Um, especially if you're a younger person or, or you just really enjoy this, you know, the midsummer classic, what I do care about. And obviously we don't have any voting, uh, to accomplish this is guys like Ryan Helsley making their first all-star game, a guy who had injury issues who obviously had crazy stuff. He's come up and he's kind of, you know, found himself or, or had a breakout or whatever you want to call it, but he's been the best reliever on the planet. One or two best relievers on the planet this year. And seeing somebody like him having a year like this, getting rewarded is really fun. That I think that's a blast. I'll be following the, the Instagram story and, and you know, what, what he's wearing on the on the red carpet or the blue carpet or whatever they do in LA like that I I am all for I want to watch the social media good for Ryan Helsley um but yeah guys that have been there and done that or or Nolan who's got what nine gold gloves and all these right. other accolades it doesn't hit the same for me well how about but you just said you want to see the stars so how do you balance this where you're saying you want the now I'm getting an investigative journalism here. Yeah. Ben. So you said like, you don't care about like the Ty Francis or whatever, but you really like it when like a Ryan Helsley gets in. So what's the difference for you? He's my guy. He's on my team. I want to go okay. see my guy on my team. All right. So um, I'm there sure you're turning on the Homer switch. Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. Sense oh, to me. I'm sure if you're a Seattle Mariners fan, you're like, shut the hell up about Ty France. He should be yeah. in the all-star game. Yeah. Um, and that's fine too. Uh, but I'm just not, that's just not a narrative that I'm going to get caught up in sitting over here as a Cardinals fan and as a baseball fan at large. But of course, how, how do we not get, you know, if you're a Cardinals, if you're somebody who's watching the Cardinals, you know, five, six times a week, how are you not going to feel really happy for Ryan Helsley seeing the comeback? Um, and and also, you know, it's, it's very easy to fall in love with a 103 mile an hour fastball. That seems like it doesn't lose any uh, height from gravity. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, and I guess, you know, even to that point, there is a difference between like uh, a guy having a breakout like Ty France, who's just put himself in the middle of a bunch of other, you know, very good players. Whereas Helsley has maybe, or maybe, you know, it's probably not even arguably been the best reliever in baseball this year. Right. So, you know, he's, he has had an elite season. So, um, yeah, we're excited for him. And uh, I know the, um, I, I think this is, you know, Every, every once in a while, they get things right there in the commissioner's office. And uh, what they did this year, allowing the commissioner to select a legacy player for the All-Star game. Uh, I think it's so smart. That's exactly what the All-Star game is supposed to be about. Like you said, it's celebrating the stars of the game and and recognizing the new stars. But, um, you know, having... Uh, they also did it in the year where they have like such obvious choices. <laughs> I right. wonder, you know, where they're going to go with it, even like as soon as next year. But um, having Pujols couldn't be more any more obvious. The only the next most obvious in the NL would be like Yachty. Um, but you got to go Pujols in that out of those two for for these purposes. 
um, as he just became third all time in extra base hits. Truly insane. Uh, and then uh, Miguel Cabrera in the AL, even though he's intends to play for a little while longer, still great pairing. Have those two be in the all-star game. Uh, super smart. And I'm excited. I, I hope they both get, you know, a late inning at bat just to give them a shot, uh, just to see him on that stage again. Um, but I'm excited. Yeah, I, I think I would be shocked if they both don't get at least a pinch hit appearance or something like that. I'd love to even see them take the field so that they can get their, their round of applause. But yeah, you'd think that this will be, I, I for, yes, first off, totally agree with you. I think they nailed it. Um, these two players should be celebrated. Um, they're some of the two best hitters of all time and definitely of the past two decades. Why not take more time to celebrate them? And and guess what? Like Tigers fans can go watch the All-Star game and have a real reason to watch it this year. They get to see their great player over the last 15 years celebrated. Um, yeah. And the Tigers don't really have a lot else. Go, you know, the, the fans don't have a lot else to celebrate. Um, so I think that's great. And I, I like I like that the all-star game is for every MLB fan. I like that every team is represented. Um, I like that every guy kind of gets a shot, uh, generally. Yeah. Um, that's what this should be. It should be a little celebration, and especially with how good the home run derby has become since yeah. the format changed. Like that's, that's kind of the event. And then the all-star game is kind of like, Hey, you know, there are, everyone's just having a good time joking, you know, uh, Mike Trout, maybe we'll have some fun with, poo holes or something like that at, at some point we'll all be uh sending out those gifts later on twitter or something i don't know i like <laughs> yeah it. i i genuinely enjoy the all-star game and and the home run derby i think it's fun um i think they do it pretty well i would love to see um other versions of like what the home run derby does for sluggers for other skill sets within baseball um you know but of course, they're even more likely to be injury, you know, uh, like I'm I, thinking like a, a velocity contest, a like, um, you know, a uh, uh, like a batting practice, like catching fly balls. You know, you're trying to set up for crazy dives, like who yeah. can make the most catches in, in a minute or something like that, you know, where I've, you just showcase the the strengths of other types of players. I've always thought a fun like mini game or, or maybe something to preempt the home run derby would be have some all-star outfielders do like a long distance accuracy throwing contest. And yeah. you could be really silly with it and set up stupid targets or, or milk jugs or something like that. And, and see, you know, we could watch, uh, I don't know who's got a great arm in the outfield right now. We could watch Dill Carl, although I guess he's not a, not an all-star. Um, but uh, Acuna, we could watch Acuna, you know, try to hit a milk jug from 300 feet out or something like that. Um, and he yeah. gets 10 points if he does. I, I don't know. I, I Yeah, I totally agree. The NBA, you know, they have the dunk competition and in, in, uh, NHL has a bunch of skills competitions. I say, yeah, go for it. Get creative. Hell, just even a like a, a straight up like 100 meter dash between some of these true, you know, speedsters. You always talk about these guys speed and and you see it in game action, but it's different than like, what's their straight up sprint speed. You know, I think that'd be oh, fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd love to see like jazz Chisholm versus Acuna or something like that and see who wins a hundred meter dash or yeah, that would be a blast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as it is, you know, the home run derby is maybe, you know, one of the most iconic sports challenges in all of sports in the newer format from the past handful of years is fun and better. 
Uh, and so, and, and I think the all-star game not meaning anything is ultimately good for it. It wouldn't surprise me if they try to bring some meaning back to it in some capacity, but giving a uh, home field to the uh, World Series game just over like ways too yeah. much. Yeah, too I, much. I honestly, I think what's going to have to happen is there's going to have to be a group of players or a couple of, or, or a generational change or something where they want it. Because right now, I, I think you could do almost anything, and players are still like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play that hard. I'm only gonna have an at bat or two, and yeah. there, you know, there's no point." Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. Well, it, I, I wonder if it, like even Mike Trout or or somebody at his stature, Aaron Judge, would be like, "I'm here to kick the NL's ass. They're going down. <laughs> if we're playing our it. best players the whole time, like, I wonder if even that, if the NL would be like." Oh, okay. Well, we're going to let Albert hit and kind of have some fun. And yeah, like, I, I don't know if anything would change that unless like you're talking about, they change uh, like the reward system. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Let's talk about the home run derby. Um, you know, I will, oh, well, I was, really, really, really quick before we move on from that, I need to point out Tommy got snubbed. Um, unbelievable. And, uh, yeah. what I propose, I have two proposals actually about the all-star game and then we can move on and we'll stop talking about this. All right. Thank you for bringing your proposals uh, forward to the board. We'll consider them. Um, oh, Ben's got a big, uh, he's got a big dry erase board. He's got <laughs> flow charts. Of this. <laughs> spreadsheets. I hate you. We'll put them in uh, post. There should be a utility position yeah. just because you don't have a certain amount of at bats at a, at a certain position that shouldn't mean that you don't get a spot on the all-star team. Tommy Edmond obviously would be a poster boy for that, but there's been years and years where I, I just think that that should exist. Um, I also think that the DH voting system is stupid. I don't think it should have anything to do with how many at bats you've had at the DH position. I think I would propose something like, the uh, whoever, whichever player got the most votes but did not be, uh, get a starting position should be the all star DH. Um, yeah, because the way that the DH is used now for 99% of teams, other than maybe the Astros, even the Astros actually, they don't they have Jordan play the field a lot. Um, the DH is just kind of a, a, a moving uh wheel where people get a day off the off the field, but they can still hit so. Like I said, I think that it should be the the highest vote getter that did not win their position should just start the DH for that game. And I was curious to see if that would work out well this year. And I think it would. Those two people would be Pete Alonso uh, for the National League and Jose Ramirez for the AL, both deserving of starting the game. Put him at DH. Um, and we don't have this stupid thing where, where William Contreras is starting DH for the NL uh, with what I think he's got like 140 something at bats this year from the DH position like that. It's just stupid. Um, And then you get to reward another guy for uh, for having a great year and getting a ton of votes. Well, thank you for bringing your proposals forward. Um, (laughs) We're we're definitely going to consider these. I appreciate the time and effort you put into this. Um, Thank you. I can tell that you care. And that's I feel like important. you're talking down to me. <laughs> no, I actually, I agree hundred uh, <laughs> percent uh, with you on both of those. Uh, All right. And um, I, I happen to know Rob Manfred is a listener of the show. And so um, I expect these changes. Get um, your shit together, Robbie. Come on, Fred. Bob. F- Fred, Bob, Ma- man, Bob. <laughs> Got him. 
Wow. <laughs> Fred <laughs> Man. <laughs> Fred Man Rob. Yeah, yeah. Now he'll know not to mess with us. And he should be listening to our good ideas around the all-star game format. Hey, we told you this episode was going to be bad. All right. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the home run derby. I, I had hoped that we would have the final rosters for the home run derby by the time we were recording this and we could do kind of a like a draft and oh um, yeah which we've done in the past and uh that's not gonna work we don't have the full rosters just yet but um why don't you you know you want to give us a run on on who we have yeah and you know who's your pick out of the the current contenders well, I think anybody who's pays attention to the home run derby, like Pete Alonso has to be the number one seed. He has won the past two years easily, yeah. as easy as we've ever as I can ever remember somebody winning the home run derby. Yeah. Um, even though I do find him personally obnoxious, especially after some of the stuff this year. Whoa. Uh, ben, he's a big tough guy. Uh, right? well, he uh, could put you in the he'll put you in the hospital if you keep talking about him this way. I, I'm sure that he could. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I think he has to be the number one seed pretty much until he gets knocked off. But I think that this is setting up to be one of the best home run derbies of all uh, of all time. Uh, and the reason is we got Pete, the reigning champ, which is great. You should always I think the the champion should always come back to defend their crown because that's the way it should be. Um, and I hope he continues to do that if he wins uh, this one. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. has also said yes. Juan Soto, who is my, one of my favorite hitters, has also said yes. And Kyle Schwarber, who is... Maybe not the best hitter, but as far as just like pure power, he is a, you know, a top five home run hitter in the league. So I think that that's great. Um, The coup de gras, obviously, Albert Pujols joining on, which I actually think because you if you read reports and and, and hear about his batting practice, he still clobbers the ball. Curious to see if he has the stamina, but I think it is a great, great way to showcase Albert and this, you know, premier event. Everybody will be watching. And I think you know, almost without a doubt, he will be the crowd favorite. So he'll be a ton of fun to watch. Um, you know, I'm sure a bunch of players from the teams that he's been on will be interacting with him. Maybe Shohei will come up and wipe the sweat in between the timeout or, or trout or, you know, <laughs> you're just writing Pujols fan fiction at this point. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And I can't wait for it. And then maybe um, him and trout will kiss a little bit. And, uh... <laughs> so then those are the people who have already said yes. And then the rumors are, uh, Vladdy Jr., um, yep. uh, Aaron Judge, um, Giancarlo, Shohei is also rumored to be joining it as well. And then I put uh, Freeman um, because it does seem like there should probably be a Dodger participating in it. I guess if it's not Freeman, I don't think Mookie would do it, um, although I, that would be great. Um, maybe Will Smith. Uh, maybe Justin Turner. Justin Turner. I know he hasn't yeah. hit many home runs for a long time, but he's been, he's like, you know, one a of Dodger the faces. That, yeah. So it seems like there needs to be a Dodger in there. Um, yeah. I, I, I think Freeman's the best choice, but I don't know if he would actually do yeah. it or not. Well, you've got um, pools in there. Yeah. yeah. Former Dodger legend, of course. Yeah. But yeah, I think I, you know, like if if Shohei and Giancarlo are actually going to do it, you could pretty much put your eye out there, and this is going to be one of the best home run derby fields of all time. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. Like this is an event that should have star power behind it. I hate it when that doesn't happen because there's a perception that players are going to mess up their swing or something like that. I've never fully understood that. Um, I know Juan Soto last year said that it fixed his swing. So take that for whatever it means. (laughs) 
Do you see he said uh, that this year he's going to try to hit the the furthest opposite field home run of all time uh, <laughs> in, the, in the home run derby. And he said anyone can pull the ball. That's awesome. Which I, is I awesome. did not hear that. <laughs> that is badass. <laughs> yeah. He is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was Edmonds in the broadcast was saying that like, I, you know, that guys will be really sore the next day from the home run derby, sure. which makes, which makes sense. And cause you know, you're gripping, ripping it way more than you normally do. And that in today's game where everyone is so, you know, amped up and trying to be like peak performance at all times. Like there's a lot of guys who would rather take the, these three days to be off rather than, or like only play a couple innings like the all-star game normally is rather than overexert themselves and, and, you know, go into the second half of the season without the rest that the rest of the guys got. Um, but as a fan, I'll say, whatever, get over yourself, get in the home run derby. That sounds, it's way more fun for everyone. It really, it is. And it's like, like I said, it has become the premier event. You should have the big stars in it. Um, cause I think like Mary, my fiance, she cares about the home run derby. She does not care about 99% of other baseball things. Um, uh, unless the Cardinals are in the playoffs. Um, so like it, I think it, it crosses bridges with, uh, you know, folks that aren't necessarily baseball fans. So show them the best, show them what we got. Maybe, maybe you'll, you know, catch a fan or maybe they'll, see Shohei for the first time and say, holy crap, I need to watch some angels games because yeah. this guy is incredible or, you know, whatever he should be, be in everything that they possibly can put him on. Agree. Yeah. He's the best player in the game and really the face of the game. So get him in the, get him in the, uh, home run derby. It'd be awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll talk about it next week when we come back. Um, so let's go Back to talking about the Cardinals. You know what uh, we should do, Nate? Sorry to what? interrupt. Uh, we should we should do the home run derby draft, and we'll post our draft results on Twitter, and then we'll okay. talk about it next episode while I kick your ass. Okay. Well, right. hold on. No, not that last part. <laughs> um, you said yes. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> no, I have to get my ass kicked. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we will do that once the full roster's out. We'll... Uh, We'll come up with it, our our draft, and we'll and maybe we'll do it live. We'll do it in the bird scored. There we go. And uh and then we'll uh we'll post it on on Twitter too. So hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Let's talk about the Cardinals. So we talked about it a little bit earlier in the episode. Like, I mean, it it's been bad. <laughs> you know, we <laughs> we were talking about it last week with Kyle. Um, we were on the edge of the cliff with our conversation with Kyle. It was, it was looking dreary. It was, it was dreadful. It was bad. And the first half of this last week did not give me any new hope. Um, it was, uh, there's no Luke Skywalker here. No new hope waiting for the, yeah, there you go. (laughs) I set him up and knock him down for myself. But, um, (laughs) uh, uh, and you know, we, we, the, the first two games against the Phillies, a team that the Cardinals should beat, um, you know, looked bad. And then suddenly we're on a three game winning streak, two games against the Phillies and one game against the Dodgers. Uh, three good games does not erase multiple weeks of, of struggling, but, um, uh, you know, we we tend to look at the bright side on this show. So 
what do you think, Ben? What are these? Is are these three games a blip in the upward uh, trajectory, or is it a sign of something else? Yeah, you know. Well, I uh, interesting question, Nate. What I'll Thank say you. is it it is not a good idea to rely on your entire bullpen in the bottom third of your lineup to win games. That being said the bottom third of the lineup seems to have come to life. And these all batter, these batters were all batting below the Mendoza below 200 before this little kick started happening. So I do think that I do not think that Corey Dickerson is a sub 200 hitter. Um, Albert Pujols might be, but there should be power behind it. I do not think that Lars Newbar is a sub 200 hitter. I do not think that Edmundo Sosa is a sub 200 hitter. I don't know if any of those players are great hitters, but they are not that bad. Um, so I think seeing them produce a little bit in these last few games and actually come to life is more of a regression to their actual true value rather than some kind of abhorrent, you know, oh my gosh, they're, they're clicking or, or anything like that. Um, so that, that's that's kind of my, my high level thought on it. What I do think is interesting is Albert has definitely made an adjustment that is very quantifiable. He is hitting the ball hard. He's being aggressive. And I think we all agree, you know, if, if he's used um, smartly, um, sparingly and put in good situations and he's looking good at the plate, then that helps the team out huge. He can still hit bombs. Um, outside of that, like I already alluded to, Dickerson and Newt Bar are not 150 hitters or 180 hitters or whatever they were sitting at. Um, I don't know how what Newt Bar is going to end up at. Obviously, we're seeing Dickerson on the, the downside of his career, um, but seeing them both hit the ball and it actually carry, we saw Dickerson hit a ball over uh, Cody Bellinger's head, who is a phenomenal center, f- center fielder. That means that that ball carried like crazy. These are good signs. These are the yeah. si- these are things that need to happen for this team to be continued to be successful. You can't just rely on Nolan and Goldie to save the team every night. And no good team can do that. The Dodgers can't do that. The Yankees can't do that. They, you know, you need production up and down the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it has been basically the Goldie Arenado show for a month with uh with Edmund, you know, still playing stellar defense, but regressing a little bit to his mean from an offensive standpoint and the continued absence of uh, Carlson or not, sorry, uh, O'Neill and Bader, um, you know, short a trade, which we're going to talk about later. Like these are the guys. So if the Cardinals are going to win, you need them to perform. Now, that being said, I'd still prefer um, one less Dickerson and one more Burleson. Um, you know, just to see what we've got there. But obviously the, the Cardinals have committed to giving Car- or Dickerson a further look. And I do agree with you. Newt Bar is better than he's been playing. And uh, we, you know, we see little sparks of it. And hopefully this is the start of, of a good turnaround for him. Um, and getting anything from the catcher position. Kisner's looked a little bit better. Romine. Yeah. Eh, you know. Um, but we got the news that Yachty is planning on being back in August. Let's so go. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, that, so that is interesting. And that the team will be better for sure when that happens. I, I was able to say those things about Dickerson and Newt Bar and Pujols, really. 
I don't know if I can say that about Andrew Kisner. We we just have not seen that for any type of um, expanded stretch. We we have seen him get those. Um, what what do you call them? The non barreled hits, the yeah, kind of the fluttery little, things that fly over the first or second baseman's head because he got, he got the beat. bloop hit to the right. he got jammed and blooped one into right field. And I know I know Kinzer hit an absolute tank early in the year. Um, it almost went into uh, almost went into uh, uh, McDonald's land, um, Big Mac land, <laughs> McDonald's land. Uh, and uh, I just don't know. My expectations are very, very low. If he can catch a good game and, and be a throw and catch guy, um, then that's that's what I'm expecting. We'll talk about this later. But when we get to the trade conversation, I've I have thoughts on the catcher position more holistically. Yeah. And I, I, I wonder if that's something that can be solved internally this year. Yeah, we'll see. Um, a couple other guys we want to touch on. Uh, Dylan Carlson looking great in center field. I mean, Twitter is on fire right now. I, I don't know how many tweets that I've seen that, you know, Harrison Bader trade him, move him out, put him in left field, put him in right yeah. field. Uh, why don't you go trade Harrison, trade Harrison Bader for Juan Soto? All of this stuff. Um, and to soapbox on that topic just a little bit, um, while the Cardinals can absolutely be criticized for their ability to, um, how to say this, like, uh, self-evaluate their own outfielders, um, over the past five years or so, I think you can absolutely question their ability to do that. I, what I do think is that if, if you think the Cardinals are missing on that Bader, uh, it was actually a worse center fielder than Dylan Carlson. I think that you're incorrect. I think that Bader has just got so much range that he gets two balls quicker than everybody else. And therefore, Dylan, who's a bit slower, not slow by any means, but he has a different kind of style of playing the outfield. I think it looks sexier. It looks it's it's very flashy. He's very smooth. The way that he drifts back, Harrison kind of runs around like the Terminator out there um, and then he'll <laughs> dazzle. But, you know, I'm not taking away from Dylan. I think that it's, you know, we talked about this two, three weeks ago. Like when you lose Harrison Bader, the Cardinals have a very nice luxury in the sense that they have somebody who you can play in center and you're not really taking that big of a step backward. Um, yeah. So it's really great, but I want to be clear. My personal opinion is that please let's have Bader in center, have him nice and healthy and that plantar fasciitis will clear up move Dylan back over to right field. And, you know, maybe when you're at full health, you maybe make that argument. that The Cardinals have the best defensive outfield in baseball. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if that's too crazy to make really. Um, yeah, I, I know when Carlson first came up and it's still, you still get it a little bit. He got a lot of comparisons to Carlos Beltran, uh, who also had that similarly, he's going to make more catches than you'd expect based off of his, his, speed and overall appearance in the outfield. And then when you actually dig in, you realize he's really playing defense at an elite level. It just never really looks at it. Looks like it when they're next to a guy like Bader, right. who's got the you know beautiful golden hair. He's yelling, he's smiling <laughs> real big. Um, you know, and Carlson's just like humdy dum making an like in an elite level catch and then uh throwing the guy out getting the outfield assist because no one expected me to make this catch yeah um, i will we, say I, I i would feel very comfortable in saying that uh uh dylan's arm is much better than bader i think that yeah. has been out this year if, if if there's questions about that yeah um well you know we're probably gonna see this 
Carlson in center uh, for a little while longer. Um, not a lot of good news yet on Bader and his plantar fasciitis, which is really not a good problem for a guy of his skill set to have. No, I was reading this morning. Um, there was a report that came out, um, and I can't remember the publication, but he's still using a walking boot when he's not specifically doing baseball activities. Um, you know, I think that the, uh, all-star break is going to be well timed for a lot of Cardinals. Bader, maybe the number one on that list and Yachty, maybe number two. Um, and then I guess Jack number three, I don't know (laughs) how far to keep going. Um, but yeah, no, it's not good. And, you know, we talked about this with C70, like it's hard to not think of Albert. It's hard to not think of how many careers this thing is, you know, kind of knocked off the rails. And uh, the good thing to think about is that Bader is still young. Hopefully he bounces back. Hopefully they're thorough with his recovery. Um, but yeah, not, not great news on that front at all. No. Um, on the bright side, uh, speaking of high level outfielders, uh, O'Neill should be back any day now. Um, he had a little bit of a, I, I guess a small tear from being hit by a pitch, but yeah. they're, they're saying it's at this point, just pain management for him. Um, which I, you know, is sort of best case scenario for something like that. So, uh, we should see him back soon. Yeah. I'm just ready to get him back in the lineup for more than a week, please. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess last thing to talk about in this range is uh, as far as like things that are going well, um, you know, we've been, even though the swelling has reduced our gourmania, <laughs> God <laughs> has not gone away. And, I need uh, my ointment. I need my ointment. And, um, unfortunately that ointment is talking to you about Nolan Gorman. So, um, I mean, what's your, we now have a pretty good sample size of Nolan Gorman. Um, what are you seeing right now uh, from him? I, I think we're watching a very young, very good baseball player adjust to the big leagues. And I think, you know, we've seen the average dip, which isn't great. Um, but over the past 30 games or sorry, 30 days, not games, He's still been walking at 10, uh, 10% of the time, which for somebody with his profile, I think gives yeah, all Cardinals huge. fans should be very excited about that. Yeah. Um, so he's walking at 10% over that same amount of time. He's still hit five home runs, um, which isn't a huge amount, but that's, you know, a home run, uh, uh point two a week, um, which we will absolutely take from a 22 year old. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Of course, the defense isn't Tommy Edmond. We all know that, but he keeps making plays. Um, He's not going to win a gold glove or anything like that, but he is serviceable. He is a useful at bat, and when he gets them, he gets them. They rock (laughs) it out 400 feet plus. Um, I actually, I'd have to look this up, but I don't think that he's hit a home run under 400 feet yet. No, he he did, but it was was a screamer. it was 396. Yeah. There's one that is <laughs> yeah. not 400. And I was like, come on, get the tape measure out there. Give it to him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agree completely. You know, this is the way that these guys usually develop. Not everyone is going to be a, uh, you know, um, Acuna or or Bobby Witt or something like that. Even well, even those guys had rough right. first couple months in the in the league, you know. So most guys take a little while to adjust, and you look for those underlying metrics to say, are they getting overpowered? Are they have they lost their plate approach that they had in the minors? Um, and so far, everything points to he's he's in fact seems to be increasing his plate approach, 
his his discipline, which is an incredible sign. And uh, that EV, that that power is absolutely major league ready. So um, I think uh, the Cardinals have been doing a good job of keeping him in there generally. And I think we're seeing the development of a future major part of this team for yeah. For a yeah, while and I think, you know, hopefully we can keep saying the same thing over and over again all year, but he has made a jump from AAA to the big leagues and he has simultaneously increased his walk rate and lowered his strikeout rate. You, I don't think there's anything else you can ask yeah. from a guy his age that, that, when that does is that huge. happen? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost always the opposite and you expect the opposite. You totally. actually give some, you know, if he came up and was striking out like a 35, 40% clip, we would not like it. You know, but we'd basically be saying the same thing of like, give him time. You know, we're still seeing him develop. So and there will probably be moments of that, too, where, you know, this is he's still young and still early in his career. The league will adjust and he will likely have some deep strikeout moments. Um, But overall, I think we should be really excited about him. And I think I think that, you know, there's still some decent probability that he'll have a little terror at some point this year, maybe in the second half or when he starts to feel more comfortable where we see him hit, you know, four bombs in five days or or something like that. And that'll that'll be a lot of fun, too. Hopefully not a uh, Tyler O'Neill style tear. Um, (laughs) Did you didn't even like that one, did you? (laughs) No, I never like it. Hey, before we uh, go to our quick break and into our next segment, uh, breaking news here on the podcast, Julio Rodriguez has agreed to be a part of the Home Run Derby. Hey. Uh, and so that is that sort of star power. You know, he's brand new to the league, but looks like maybe one of the best players in the league already. So, yeah, uh, that'll be fun. Talk about, I mean, serious power. Now, my my prediction, if I had to put my prediction hat on right now, is that he is going to hit three 500 bom- uh, foot bombs and then probably wear himself out because he's too excited out of his shoes on the other yeah. ones. Yeah. But I will say I love Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. I think he is one of the most fun players to watch. Um, that is great. That's, that's he a might, huge win. Yeah. He might have the most fun out of anyone on that field. So yeah, I, I uh, think so. Also huge fan. So, all right, we're going to uh, go into the back half of the episode. Um, got a new game for you, Ben. I'm excited uh, for you to try this out. Um, But before we go into that, we want to remind everyone that this show is supported on Patreon. Uh, All members, all subscribers to our Patreon get access to our private Discord. We call it the Bird Scored. It's great. Tweet, tweet. Uh, Tweet, 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 baby. We're building the little community um, place you can talk about the Cardinals outside of Twitter, you know, with with fans of the show and with us. We do a little bit of planning for the show there. And uh, we have a lot of ideas uh, of what we want to do with the bird scored. Um, but we need more people in there. So if you're interested, check it out at patreon.com slash talking about birds. Uh, if you are enjoying the show and are unable to support via Patreon, we understand. Um, make sure, first of all, you smash that subscribe button and then uh, consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate it. It warms our dark, decrepit little hearts and um, also helps us get exposure to other people. Um, Ben, where can people uh, find us online? Yeah, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at TalkAboutBirds. Uh, you can follow our different handle on Insta at TalkingAboutBirds. 
Um, outside of that, you can email us any questions, thoughts, comments, concerns about the show to talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. Uh, and per usual, let's see, I'm trying to think what's in Nate's life right now. We talked about the, the, the basement being finished. We've talked about other things. I'll say, um, Nate and I are planning on doing, uh, some, uh, smoking of meats here relatively soon. So if you have any thoughts, we're, we're, we've done this a few years in a row. Not mm-hmm. sure what to smoke. If you have any thoughts about what we should smoke for a large group of people, let us know. Maybe brisket. I don't know if we can handle a brisket because there sure will also be many ice cold Budweiser's involved. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, send us suggestions, recipes, anything like that. We'd greatly appreciate that. Um, and yeah, just reiterate, if you are a listener um, and you haven't yet uh, left a review, please do. Like Nate said, it helps us out helps us uh, reach out to other people and uh, we appreciate it. Even if you want to be mean to us, um, it helps. So thank you. Actually, no five star reviews only. I take that back. (laughs) Don't be mean to us. (laughs) All right. Well, the trade deadline is upon us. There's only a couple more weeks left. Um, Here we go again. How revved up can I get? For the Cardinals acquiring Juan Soto when the reality is, <laughs> I think Jose Quintana is our best bet. <laughs> I, I really, um, so to, uh, if you can get Juan Soto, go get Juan Soto. Um, yeah, of course. Full stop. Uh, Jose Quintana helps this team. Um, another full stop that that is that is a fact that that is where the cardinals are at he's having a good year he is not somebody that i would bet on to have a blistering second half i will say that but as we've said multiple times the cardinals need big league pitchers so i think that that's fine i will say if i had my druthers nathan um i would have been targeting couple of A's players. Um, Frankie Monsaz has been talked about since the beginning of the season. I still think that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Paul Blackburn, who is going to be representing the A's in the all-star game this year because Frankie Montez is having a little bit of an inflammation issue, I think is also a solid target. What I really like about the A's and those two pitchers, especially if Montaz gets healthy uh, quickly, is that I also think that you have a decent shot at landing Sean Murphy. Um, who is the catcher for the A's, who is a guy that has is super toolsy behind the plate. I think he catches a great game, great catch and throw guy, catch and throw guy, great receiver, all of that stuff. Um, also, I think that, um, you know, with Shea Lan- Langoliers, Langoliers, um, the uh, one of the top prospects for the A's that the A's are probably motivated. The guy is crushing at triple a right now. Uh, they have no reason not to call him up. If not soon, um, you know, maybe after the all-star break or a little bit later in the year, this makes a lot of sense. Um, so that, that's what I would like to see. I do think that the Cardinals catching position is bad enough where they should make an adjustment there. Um, uh, and Fiati comes back. That's great. Sean and Sean Murphy and Yachty can split time. Um, Ivan, uh, it doesn't seem like he's going to be up this year. And even if let's say if, you know, next year we think what's going to happen in Yvonne, uh, not Ivan, Yvonne comes up him and Sean Murphy catching together. That is a, a thing that I think Cardinals fans would be very excited to be watching. So there's my pitch. I think it makes all of the sense. Um, and whether it be Blackburn or Montez, I'm, I'm happy with either. Yeah. Um, that has been, the the rumor mill all off season and into the season 
Blackburn has been a bit of a pop-up this year. I don't think many people were talking about Blackburn as a trade target before, but he's having a fantastic season, and it seems like the A's should capitalize on that and get something. Um, I think you probably risk it if they're not asking for too much more for Montas. Just get him in and see what you can get. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with your your Sean Murphy take. Um, I've seen some talk around the Diamondbacks and some guys that they might be willing to move. Um, what does a bum garner look like on the Cardinals? Um, you know, Joe Mantiply there. They have a very, yeah. very good reliever uh, who they could, you know, maybe move. He's going to be an all-star for them. Well, I'll say Madison Baumgartner, similar to Quintana, does help the team. He's, he, I think he's, I, I would have a little more reliability with Madison Baumgartner. My biggest problem with that is the dollar amount. Um, yeah. It's not just this year, it's the year after, and I believe a year after that, and it is not cheap. Um, so I really don't like the idea of the Cardinals kind of getting invested in a very expensive um, pitcher who is, I don't know. He's, he's owed 37, $37 million over the next two years and is 33 and 34-year-old years. I, I just don't want the Cardinals to be on the hook for that. Um, I think that that money could go much be spent much more efficiently um, to players that I would like to watch more. But yeah, that being said, he would help the team. Yeah, and the Cardinals obviously prioritize uh, control when they're making trades like this. Rarely do we see the rental. And just the whole market around rentals is so different now than it was even just a few years ago. Um, but I, I agree with you. I'd, I'd prefer not Bumgarner, um, though there is something that would be fun about having Wainwright and Bumgarner on the same team. Sure, yeah. Um, I don't know. Something they'll just like. They're big, tough guys, I guess, is what I'm getting at here. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we like. <laughs> So we'll see. Uh, the rumor mill is flying. There's. Uh, I, I also saw like maybe the Cardinals c- could do some sort of revival package on Patrick Corbin from the Nationals. I'm really not interested in that. But if it also means you get Juan Soto alongside it, of course you'll pay whatever oh, I'll, you have. I'll to take pay. a bad contract to get Juan Soto all day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think what unlike trade deadlines in years past. Uh, I do think we'll see some legitimate move by the Cardinals this year. I do think you could make the argument last year, you know, we were actually lobbying that the Cardinals should be sellers at midseason at the, at the deadline last year. Right. Um, and so you can kind of understand why they would be a little more hesitant to uh, go all in for that year. They almost never sell, so we didn't expect it to happen, but that's what we thought should happen. Instead, they made a few fringe piece ads and went on a miraculous 17-game winning streak. This year, the team's better than last year's team, and uh, the star power is higher. The ceiling of the team is much higher, and the needs of the team are much more obvious. Um, So I I think they'll get something done. Um, I just keep throwing out other options. The Padres have a, a, a... uh, depth of starting pitchers right now as well. Um, and they're contending. So there might be something that you could swap for the major league roster between the two teams. They need an outfielder. Yeah. So, you know, we could see a Yepes or a Burleson, you know, being traded and then called up and starting for the Padres. Cause he probably could be starting for the Cardinals right now. So, uh, there's a lot of options out there. Um, I, I am, cautiously optimistic i've spent too many trade deadlines at like up until midnight refreshing my phone only to see (laughs) like 
diddly, you know, so I, I'm maintaining my shield of, uh, you know, uh, assuming nothing will happen. But I think the the pieces, the recipe is a little bit better this year for the Cardinals to be legitimate buyers at the at the trade deadline. Yeah, I do think that uh, Wayno or uh, sorry, Yachty and Pujols is not a non-factor in that conversation, too. Why not push? Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, they went ahead and made a nostalgia signing for Pujols, so why not go and get us a nostalgia World Series victory? Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, well, we'll see. I think these stories will pick up as we get closer to the to the trade, de- trade deadline, which is only a couple weeks away. Um, so now let's get uh, into broader news around the league. What do you want to talk about this week, Ben? Yeah, just a couple of things to hit quickly. Uh, Today, before we started the record, uh, the Blue Jays fired Charlie Montoyo, which is, uh, I I was surprised. And I kind of went on the Blue Jays subreddit, and I was kind of looking around to see what Blue Jays fans were talking about um, on on SB Nation. And just just trying to catch the temperature of how everybody's feeling. Everyone's talking about how he lost the team. Um, So I do think that that's one of those obtuse narratives that you can't really get your fingers on. But that's that is the way it's feeling, and obviously Montoyo is out. Um, so interesting. Uh, you know this the, their yeah. team is very very good. I guess if they're underperforming at all, you know blame blame the manager and and get rid of him and see if something works. Maybe they'll go on a, a winning streak now. I don't know. Things baseball is weird. Um, I don't yeah. expect a dramatic change, but it's not like they're playing bad. They're still over five hundred. Um, it's got to get their guys going a little bit more. You know, Vladdy hasn't really turned it on that much this year. Other th- some of their other players are underperforming, but we'll see. Yeah. The manager is always the first to go, and they are a victim of uh, circumstances here. They are above 500. Most teams in the league would love to have their record, but they're in the AL East where, um, you know, now even Boston has uh, dug themselves out of the grave that we had them in at the beginning of the season when we were talking about like a Xander Bogarts trade, you know, yeah. um, and then even the flip and flap and Baltimore Orioles, what a ride they're at 500 now. So yes. that every team in the e- AL East is at 500 or better. And so they're looking for a spark plug. I mean, if you remember last year, the, the last two months of the season, besides the Cardinal 17 game winning streak, like the story was the blue Jays and their, and their rise. And it felt like, Okay, like that was the coming out party. 2022 is the year where they actually compete for uh, a playoff spot or the or the division. And here they are at midseason in fourth place, which sucks for them because, again, they have a better record than most of the other teams in the AL. But it is what it is. So you're looking at your team and you're like, we're not where we should be. But we're not bad either. So what do you do? The Cardinals actually have this problem all the time, too. Like, how do you upgrade a team that's stacked with at least average to above average players, if not stars who are underperforming? Bo Bichette also having a good season, but not great. So I guess all they could do is fire (laughs) poor Charlie Montoya. And, uh, you know, he'll probably land somewhere. But it's it sucks for him. But who knows? Maybe the next guy can come in and, and help him out. Yeah, uh, you kind of uh, already mentioned it, but just to reiterate, the O's won nine straight to get to 500 for the first time since 2017. So good for them. All I really have to add to that is that I hope rather than trading Trey Mancini, that they add a little bit to the team. 
kind of give the guys, you know, reward the team for their play. I think it's pretty awesome. Good story. Bad ownership, but yeah. we'll see what happens. This has become a mini talking about other birds yeah. uh, section. Um, outside of that, the only other thing I wanted to bring up, and I'll post this on Twitter tomorrow uh, when the episode comes out tomorrow, but I just found it fantastic. Tommy Morrissey, an 11 year old with one arm, went deep in his youth league game this week. Uh, that video kind of went semi viral, but uh, it's ridiculously impressive. He is yeah. fu- fully only has one arm um, and clobbered a ball, sent it over the what fence. What a beast. Oh, just like the coolest thing ever. So, yeah, good Hell for Tommy. Yeah. Love it. Good luck, buddy. Get that man a contract. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell, hell yeah. Why? I'm saying hell yeah a lot today. I guess I'm. I'm hell yeah, brother. I need to go to bed. Yeah. I was going to say that. You look like <laughs> trash. Thanks, pal. Well, speaking of trash, uh, that'll wrap up the, the, the main part of this episode. But uh, as we always do, we've got a little game to play. And uh, I got a new one for you, Ben. I got a new one. I got a new game. Um, so you and I, I think outside of baseball, um, probably our chief uh, like shared passion is music. And there's not a lot of overlap mm-hmm. between music and baseball. I catch you what know? you're putting up. We... <laughs> Nice. And uh, so we don't really talk a lot about it much on this on this show, but we're both big uh, music heads. And I found a little resource the other day and I thought we'd we'd put it to use, Um, though. I think the only real overlap of music and baseball is the is the music that's played in stadiums, specifically walk up music. Okay, all right. I like this. So uh, I've got a new game. Affectionately titled, in honor of our boy, Packy Naughton, Who's Walking Here? <laughs> oh, God. We in Boston now, baby. <laughs> so who's walking here? Uh, here's how this game is going to work. I have clips of walk-up music for okay. St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. Um, and I'm going to play a little clip mm-hmm. of it. And then you have to tell me who is the music for okay now i'm going to give you a moment to just guess but i've also decided to make this a multiple choice game for you okay to give you a little bit of ground to stand on i I was gonna say i don't go to bush very often these days so but i think i can still do this yeah um so i'll say the name of the song and who made it and then we'll listen to a little part of it and then uh, you tell me who you think it is. And you'll you'll have a, a chance to guess. And then I'll give you the list. Or you can just pass and I'll give you the list. All right. Um, so a quick note. I don't know either like what part of the song that these guys use for their walk-up song either. I don't think everyone, you know, people will pick like clips from it. So I mostly stuck to the beginnings of the songs, like when the song really gets going. All right. Uh, so, uh, so the... Without further ado, we'll get started. Um, this first song is Call Me the Breeze by Leonard Skinnerd. Here we go. And, and are, are these active Cardinals? Great question. Active Cardinals. And, um, or I, well, 
the the list included some people that are that were active Cardinals this year. Okay. Maybe um whether they are currently with them or not. Um you know, I, I we'll leave it at that. But um it is all 2022 Cardinals players. Right. It is also um pitching and um batters. Okay. So first one, uh Call Me the Breeze by Leonard Skinner. Let's listen. Great song. All right. Uh, indeed. Great song. Um, do you want to take a shot in the dark or do you just want the list? Yeah, I have absolutely no idea. All right. I'll, I'll tell you uh, who my shot in the dark is, though. Just okay. guessing on on vibe. Brendan yeah. Donovan. No. Um, your options. Paul Goldschmidt, Stephen Matz, Adam Wainwright. I would think that Adam would go more country than that. Um, I know it's not Paul Goldschmidt because Paul Goldschmidt has a very strange, like, uh, Christian pop rock song that I've looked up because I was trying to figure out what the hell it was. Um, so I'm going to go with Stephen Matz. You got it. Yes. Stephen Matz, Call Me the Breeze by Leonard Skinner. Good choice, Stephen. Yeah. All right. Um, on the very opposite end of the spectrum, we have Sweet Sweet by Travis Scott. Oh, I think I already know the answer, but you can play the song. I like Travis Scott. I can't really listen to him anymore after the whole thing that we don't need to bring up that happened. But yeah. uh, Nolan Arenado. You are correct. I was wondering if he used that in Colorado or not. So he, he changes it every year. Um, but okay. I just know, uh, you know, me and Nolan are tight and uh, yeah. I'm a hip hop fan. So there you go. I like the hip hop. Right. You like the hip hops. I like hip hop and I don't care who knows. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> this uh next one is lion by elevation warship okay now i think i already have an idea great i am king of angels <laughs> son of man voice of me Say not my kind of music, but you know, <laughs> to each their own. You like what you like. That's totally cool. I'm gonna mm -hmm. have to go. I, I know it's one of two guys, or at least I'm fairly positive it's one or two guys. But I'm gonna go with Paulie Goldschmidt. It is not Paul Goldschmidt. Okay, I'm gonna make my second guess, and if I get it wrong, I, I think I'll just take the L on this one, and you can read me the list, and I'll just take the okay. L. But I, I feel confident, so I want to. I want to shoot for the stars here. Tommy Edmond. You got it. Yeah, yes. Tommy Edmond. Okay. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I knew it was one of those two guys. How did you know that was Tommy Edmond? Just do you remember hearing it? A, yeah, a similar thing. I remember hearing that song. I think it was just on a broadcast and being like, "What kind of pump up song is this?" And <laughs> looked it up, and and then I knew it. Yeah. 
it's definitely a choice. Yes. Um, yeah. 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 And, and again, I just the Christian pop Rocky thing is just not my cup of tea. But, you know, Tommy, Paul, get, you know, get yours. Yeah, you definitely um, there are trends with on the Cardinals. And I assume most baseball teams that there's there's like you either have like a Southern rock sort of camp. You have some deep Christian music yep. or some sort of hip hop. Latin infused hip hop thing and like everyone almost everyone's going to fit into one yeah. of those buckets. Yeah, and then you get the funny songs like I know somebody had Inya for a while and I I, yeah. I I like that's that's the route I would go. What would you, I was going to ask this at the end but you've segued already. What uh what's your what's your walk up song? I, I oh I said it. Inya, I think Oniroko Flow would be great. Like, <laughs> that song legitimately gets me bumped or like amped up and I think that uh it would be funny. So I, I, that, that would probably be mine. Although I'd be okay. one of those players that switch it all the time. I would also switch all the time. The one I keep going back to, though, because I've always thought this would be very funny, would be to do the theme song to Space Jam. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> like a diff- theme song, yeah, yeah. different sports. Yeah. Like pump up song is yeah. my pump up song for. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Everybody get up. Uh, I think you'd get the crowd moving, you know. It's time Everyone to slam would- now. Yeah, everyone would get I up because it's time to slam. Away, sail away, sail away. Yeah. People get amped yeah. for that. For sure. That soft world music people love. <laughs> it's a bop. <laughs> I like Inya. Um, all right. This next one. Uh, I think this is exactly your type of music, Ben. Cool. This song is called Blueberry Fago. It's by Lil Mosey. Yeah. Here we go. I will say I was listening to the song very recently, so I'm uh, you 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 got it, you nailed it. Well, and I was watching the video, and I was like, this is a song made by children for children. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, well, hey, that's that's a great hint you just gave me. I'm going to take a guess, and I'm going to say that that is Dylan Carlson's walk up song. Incorrect. Damn it. Okay. I will give you the list though. Okay. Junior Fernandez, Lars Newbar, Andre Palante. That's Lars for sure. You got it. It's He's Lars. a goofball. Yeah, I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that song's fun, but it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, all right, man. You are you are uh, four for four right now. Sure. Um, and, and you got the Nolan one on your first guess without uh, without hearing the options. Um, just a couple more. Um, this next one, I may but- butcher the pronunciation. I'm sorry. Uh, este Teme Maste by El Alpha. Here we go. That's fun. Um, <laughs> again, not music that is in my normal wheelhouse. I am going to make a guess and say that that is Wanya Pez's walk-up song. Nope. Damn. All right. Your options. 
Enesis Cabrera, Edmundo Sosa, Jack Flaherty. I'll go Sosa. That's your first miss Damn. of the of the game. It is uh Enesis Cabrera. Damn. All right, that's cool. That's cool. I like that song. I might listen to that again. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty tight. Um that definitely falls into that like Latin hip hop. Yes. Uh, you know, that you hear a lot at the ballpark, which I need to listen to more. Um, you know, it's an interesting genre. So all right, this this is the last one, and this okay. is a legacy one. All right. All right. I will tell you, this is not an active player. Okay. But I, when I, I think I might know that? it already. <laughs> okay, go for it. Go for it. When I think back to the ballpark and some of my favorite walk-up songs, this is one of my favorite ones. And it's okay. one that I have listened to since. Okay. And I I just the whole presentation of it I thought was was really fun and a great ballpark atmosphere. Uh so here you go. Um, okay, so before so, you did anything, I thought it was going to be cold beer on a Friday night. Pair of jeans just <laughs> oh, right. damn it. Matt it should have been. It um, should have been. Uh, Matt Holiday, yeah, classic. Um, yeah, Holiday, sorry. Uh, so, uh, well, hold on. I forgot to say that is 300 Violin Orchestra by Jorge Quintero. Okay. So, um, wow, I really have no idea. So, I, I need the four. I, I guess I, okay. I'll just guess to guess. It, is it Pujols? No. Okay. Um, so your list, Ryan Ludwig, Kyle Loge, Trevor Rosenthal. Oh, was that Rosie's coming out of the bullpen song? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah. was. Um, <laughs> I do I remember guess, that now you said it. Al- it's always stuck with me and, uh, and Molly as well. Like, you know, they would, the lights would go down and, uh, you know, they had a whole, whole synchronized synchronized lighting yeah, yeah. thing to that and when he was you know one of the best the relievers guy, in yeah. baseball it was like oh hell yeah you know it was a really is a really fun thing to be a part of at at the stadium so um and Damn. just that i mean that is crunchy and awesome <laughs> so so um you got uh you got 5 of 6 so i'm good i'm smart yeah wow it's nice um, to win again when I don't have anyone to compete against. <laughs> yeah, it's, when you compete against no one, yeah. you, you win every time. But you also yeah. lose every time. So Yeah, I'm always um, losing, though. Used to that. Yeah. yeah. So good job, though. I uh, hope you enjoyed the game. Uh, hey, if you're out there and you have an idea for a game or um, just want to, um, I don't know, make fun of Ben, uh, <laughs> tweet us at Talk About Birds. Uh, we're always interested in hearing uh, new ideas. And uh, we'll have more guests on in the future. We'll do more head-to-head competitions. I think that's uh, a lot of fun as well. So um, another big week of games as we go into the All-Star break is the recent three-game surge. Is that the spark of a big second half? Or is it a, a dead, cat, dead cat bounce of a uh, collapsing team? Uh, we'll find out and we will be back next week as always with another episode of talking about birds and until next time 
Go Cardinals. Okay, thank you. Bye.